Hello, everybody. Fade this out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Legal Ham to the Face. I am that fat guy, and we will get uh, Big Brad right on the line here in just a quick, hot second. Um, we we've had some hiccups with the uh, as I'm calling them now on the Fat Guy Hotline. We had some uh, hiccups with uh, some scheduling conflicts for the hot dog eating contest. And, uh, so we, uh, had to postpone it due to some unforeseen circumstances, but I do have Big Bry on the line with me right now. How you doing, Big Bry? Hey, doing great. How you doing? I'm doing good. How is, uh, how is everything going with you there, big fella? Uh, wonderful. Living the dream. Living the dream. Hey, you can't complain. So Heck no. I just did our intro for us, and uh, I know you missed the music this week, so mm-hmm. I know you love it, and I know you love to jam oh, yeah, out man. to it, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get back in the Fat Boy Studios here soon. It, it's kind of kind of lonely being here by myself right now. Hey, watch out for the cat. I, I, I gotta watch out for the kids now, because they know <laughs> daddy's upstairs, but they don't know what daddy's doing. So, yeah. you know, so uh, how was your week, big fella? Good. Yeah, good great week uh healthy that's all you can ask for at this point well yeah uh we we have had the reason why we are uh separated right now is uh bry's wife had a positive test for the covid so if we could give some uh prayers and some good vibes she's healthy though there's nothing wrong she's with doing, her yep. mild symptoms mild symptoms so we're all good on that point so that's why we had to uh postpone the hot dog eating challenge and you know we will definitely reschedule that because you know we're fat and we like food um so if you could send out your good vibes to bryce wife that would be absolutely amazing we gotta get into our uh, we gotta get in our shout outs here big bride do you have any shout outs this week uh no i don't think so you got them okay Go for it. well i have uh first also is we always gotta get the boys at the cc some love because they listen to us all the time mm-hmm. uh we gotta get phillips we gotta get phillips in there we gotta get joe bear and big man and papa v okay and i cannot forget papa v's plug this week don't let me forget that all right all right and then we have the coshocton county browns backers uh, I got, I, yeah, I got multiple friends that are uh, part of the Brownsbackers down there in Coshocton, and I nice. want to give them a shout out because they had to cancel their golf outing this year, and their golf outing, Bry, is oh. absolutely amazing. Like, they have the funnest stuff that they do for their golf outing. Like, you have to putt with a fireman's boot. <laughs> you stick the ball in the boot, and you have to roll it in the hole. Oh, okay. I okay. Got you. Then they have they have the three man slingshot for a drive. They, yeah. Oh, I mean they have the funnest stuff. Like there's a par three where you got to stand on a plank, like that's like four inches above where you normally would stand, and you got to hit swing your club. to swing your club down at the golf ball. Okay, I like the creativity. Oh, dude, and it's and they got beer carts and shot girls and it, it's fun. 
It's a good yeah, time down there. You talking to me about it and talking about how maybe well, we get down there this year, but that's too bad that they had to cancel it. Well, and that's fine, but we have been invited for uh, next year if everything goes well, which would be cool. you know, fun for us because we love to play in outings like that, right? Sure, absolutely. Right. Also, got to give a shout-out to my buddy Nate at The Freeze. Him and I have been talking this week, and he listens to the show, and he goes, hey, why don't you bring your big boy down here to Shockton, and I got mm-hmm. a sandwich for you called The Monster, okay? And I'm going to put out on uh, Sunday, I'm going to put out a picture of it. I sent Brian a picture of this thing, all right? It is, it is three eight-ounce patties, four slices of cheese, American cheese, two slices of uh-huh. Swiss, nine slices of bacon, and it yeah. is stacked up on top of each other, and it looks freaking amazing. Now, Brian, I I know that you would break that down into like four different sandwiches. No, that doesn't sound like it's too much. To oh, no. Me, really? Look at the picture. Okay. Pull up the picture, look at the picture, <laughs> then tell me, because you have got to do a Hulk Hogan leg drop on that thing to get it flat enough to get it in your mouth. Yeah. I mean... It, he's it's just unreal so I'll, I'll send out that picture on twitter for everybody yeah um go to the uh legal hand of the face uh twitter and we'll have a picture out for it next week and it's absolutely amazing cool i'm down all right so let's see here what else oh it is time for our trivia and yeah big fella you're in charge of trivia yep. this week right <clears throat> i got one for you all sure. right well send me one Let, let's see what we got here so this one kind of came organically, uh, talking to my cousin last week, two weeks ago, talking about Brown's coaches and how there haven't been a whole lot of great ones, at least uh, record-wise, win, win percentage-wise. So my question to you is, since Marty Schottenheimer oh. in, I think, I think 1988 or something was his last year? Yeah. Since, since Marty Party... Uh-huh. There have been like 16 or 17 Browns coaches. Yeah. Which Browns coach has had the best winning percentage out of those 16? And another thing just to add on to it is that winning percentage is actually above 500, which you wouldn't think we've had too many coaches ahead of 500. So think about it. Let me know really? what your answer is. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so they left in 95, right? Left in 95. They yeah. probably had maybe three, four coaches from like 88 to 94. We obviously remember Belichick, but I think Bud is Carson it, was one. I was going to say, is it one of those earlier head coaches, or is it one of our wonderful 10 years coming up? Hey, that's up to oh, you. Oh, you, you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think you can get this one. This oh, one's yeah. getting this right. isn't like somebody you've never heard of before. Like, okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna look like a W again, but that's okay. Uh, that <laughs> trivia is brought to you by Curb Appeal Landscaping and Papa V over there in Western Ohio, the Lima, Bluffton, and Finley area. He does all your landscaping needs. Papa V loves listening to our show because he likes to argue with me after we're done recording about how bad we screwed it up. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's always nice to have that kind of friend. I love him. Right. I really do. I, we started joking around. Him and I have been friends for, what is it, almost 20 years, Bri. 
Wow. You know how, know how old that makes you feel? 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, your life. I, I know. And, you know, during this quarantine, I started growing out my beard, big fella, which is yeah. it's, it's still a little white trashy, but it's is okay. Is that what you call that? That's a beard? Well, you know, it's not like yours. All right. And guess who came up nah. here? The cat's up here now. I told you this cat would come up here. <laughs> Devil cat. Anyways. Maybe you can borrow. Maybe you can borrow some of the cat's body hair. Yeah, I might have to. But <laughs> I took a shower the other day and I was kind of combing it out because it was all ratty and everything. And I'm like, "Is that a gray hair? Do I have a gray hair in my beard? I actually <laughs> have gray hairs in my beard now, and I, I don't like it. I I really don't like it." To steal a line from Joe Dirt, you mean it comes in all white trashy like that? Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> I, I'm all right. I'm all right with that. My wife hates okay. it. The kids hate it. Hey. But own it. I, I got this is the longest I have ever grown facial hair. And since I really can't grow facial hair, we're just going to keep it going. It's it's like a advanced stage of peach fuzz, I'd call it. Wow. Just because it's <laughs> blonde doesn't mean you're gonna make fun of it. I mean, not all right. of us are, you know, salt and pepper like you, big fella. Right? Well, right. I mean, with my black beard, I have one gray hair and everyone notices. Well, yeah, that's why you keep your hair shaved out. But yeah, you're you're getting up there in some salt too, there, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, we also got to get out there, uh, ways to reach us. You can catch us on Facebook, you can catch us on Twitter, and you can catch us at, at gmail.com. All of them are at illegal ham to the face. We are working really hard on trying to get a YouTube channel put up, to where we're going to have some clips of stuff and things of that nature. I've been working very, very diligently on that, and I will let everybody know when that comes up because it should be a fun sight to see. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Brian, we're going to get this week started off right. We're going to get into some Browns talk because Browns showed up Ooh, to yeah. camp, sort of camp. It's not camp yet. We don't know what it is. Right. We, we've had players opting out, which that's fine. I, I totally understand that decision. <laughs> You know, sure. you have family, you have to take care of yourself. That's fine. I'm not going to tell anybody to go do something that they don't want to do. Okay. Not my nature, mm-hmm. not that guy. Yeah, it's a personal decision. I mean, it it's nothing and, more than that. It's the only, do you feel comfortable coming into work and playing? If you don't, then opt out. I don't have a problem with it. And the only the only reason why I bring it up is because <laughs> people well, on social media have just trashed some of these players. For opting yeah. out, and they, do, I, I feel like they don't realize that they're human too. Like they gotta protect their families and what they have to do. This is why, you know, we're separated right now because of it. You know, and it's not right. that it's a bad thing; it's just a caution thing because I have small children at home. You have family members at home, and it's just mm-hmm. it's one of the things that's in our world right now in 2020 that it just is what it is. Right, it's the world we live in today. We have to make sacrifices and if you choose not to show up to work and put yourself put your family in risk then who am i to judge you for it now we are at the same time sports fans and so if a major player on the browns or indians or Cavs would opt out we would be disappointed naturally yeah Yeah, but you have to take those punches though it's no different than somebody having a season-ending injury i mean it sucks we're mad that we don't have you but we understand there's nothing you can do about it. No, we'll get over it. So what right. I what I want to bring up to you today with the Browns, Brian, is obviously Miles Garrett got his big payday. All right. Yeah. Now we have 
depending on what Baker does this year, he'll probably be the next to get paid, correct? Yep. All right, so now I want to throw out to you, we're going to finally get into the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt debate. Because <laughs> okay. and it's not even a debate. It's who would you rather? Because you know you're going to have to pay Chubb a crap ton mm-hmm. of money if you want to keep him. Mm-hmm. And Kareem Hunt, we don't know what we got with him yet because he only played a handful of games last year. We had some spurts, but I think he's going to be more of a influence in the offense this year because of what he brings to the table with his pass catching ability. Right. So, but you also got to factor in that, you know, out of these, let's say, what is it about anywhere between 50 and 60 offensive plays, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get the ball, man? Like, you know Chubb's going to get the ball at least 20 times, right? He has to. Right, he has to. Okay, then you right. got Odell, you got Jarvis, you got Hooper, you got Njoku. There's not many touches out there for other people. Okay? Right. I mean, you, you got to think of that nature. So, the thing that I think that Kareem has to do this year is get the bag for his dollar. So, every time he touches that ball, he better get a bag for his buck because... You don't know when you're going to touch it again because we are going to go run heavy, and I don't think they're going to split the carries like some people think. They're talking about them splitting the carries of like 15 and 15. I think they're going to lead on Nick Chubb, and he's going to do about 20, and Kareem's going to get maybe 10. Yeah, Chubb's Chubb's your workhorse. I mean, you, you ride or die with him, and he's one of the best pure running backs in the league we've talked about, so... You give him, like you said, 15 to 20 carries, maybe 23. You don't see guys getting 25, 30 anymore, but I think he can be effective with at least 15 carries, and then maybe you break off a couple for Kareem Hunt. You give him, I don't know, five to seven carries a game maybe, and maybe four or five catches, six catches, something like that, kind of how I see the breakdown. Like you said, 20 for Tubb most of them being carries, maybe one or two receptions as a dump off, and the rest are are hunts to have. Yeah. So he has ten carries and he can do he can make plays with only ten carries a game. Yeah. He's still in my mind one of the top ten running backs in the league. So well, the fact that we have both of them is kind of a blessing to have them. Yeah, but like I said, you still don't know what you got with Hunt yet though, because you really haven't seen him well to feel it's like it's. I think you know what you have with Hunt. Go look at uh, what he did in Kansas City. Yeah, but that was, what, three years ago? Hey, it was a couple years ago. You just need to find a way to get the ball in his hands and do it maybe as creatively as you can. Yeah, yeah there. You, we, we both think there's going to be times that both of them are on the field at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to so, have them both on the field at the same time at some point in time. You could do jet sweeps with Kareem Hunt. You can uh, do bubble screens with Kareem Hunt. You just have to get him the ball in space and let him do his thing. Well, I hear you. So, Whereas Chubb is more of our in-between-the-tackles banger. He's one of the best power backs in the NFL. Oh, that we both can agree on because there are some times that he's taken some shots down the field that is, you know, you don't realize how fast these guys are until they get an open field. And they're, yeah. they're like gazelles just running away from line. Like, it is just unreal how much they can kick on the second, third, and fourth gear and just get it in. Yep. Yep, we agree on that. I mean, so so the question comes down to 
you do as a as the Browns president, as the general manager, you have to look two, three years down the road. Yeah. And so as you're looking down the road, what do you see? Do you want to make this giant investment in Nick Chubb and pay him? We've talked, what, 13, 14, 15 mil a year, something like that. Something like that. And so do you want to do that or do you take maybe a discount? And we both agree Kareem Hunt probably isn't the back that Nick Chubb is, but he's 80, 90% of the back that Nick Chubb is. Well, so yeah, yeah. you, in my opinion, you could probably get Kareem Hunt for half the price. You could get him for eight mil a year, I think, unless he has like an explosive year this year or 10, 15 plays that just jump off the page. I don't think he's getting a huge contract next year. No, no. And and the thing, you know, here's the thing that we got to realize. Okay. And I, I agree with you. You know, it's, it's definitely about half of what, Chubb's going to make. I I honestly believe that because of past histories and all that stuff. But the thing that I kind of look at is I think those two getting paid all depends on Baker. The only reason why I say that is because if Baker comes out and balls out, we know we have to pay Baker. You still got a decent running back and hunt that you can kind of go for cheaper. If Baker mm-hmm. is not the guy that we believe he is, and he goes out and just trips over his own feet, then you have a too strong headed monster at running back, and you can bring in a mediocre quarterback just to run the offense. Because, you know, like we were talking about, this offense is just on paper, it's just stacked. And you can't, mm-hmm. and you still have them. So that's why, you know, you, the still have Case Keenum at a cheaper price that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think this all depends on how Baker plays this year and if he does well. Because if he does well, I'm not saying see ya, Nick Chubb, but it's going to be hard to keep that payroll where you want it at, especially with the other guys coming up that got to get paid. Because we got to start thinking about Ward. We got to start thinking about Greedy. We got to start mm-hmm. thinking about our left tackle that we drafted further down the road. So we're starting to think further down the road than what we normally do, which is weird for us. Right. I, right? I mean, um, so if we pay Baker, we're going we're to have to give him probably at least 25, 30 mil. Yeah. So that's right. he's not, unless he does so something spectacular this year, he's not going to get Pat Mahomes money. I would agree with you that if we, sign Baker to a long-term deal that makes it that much more difficult to get a tub here for a long-term deal, just because there's 45 mil in two players in just your backfield. So some, some teams can do it, but you got to remember we're paying two wide receivers, 15 mil a year. Yes, we are. We're paying a defensive end, 25 mil a year. We're paying a right so, tackle some decent money. We're paying a tight right. end some decent money right now. Right. The highest paid tight end in the league. Yeah. So you're going to have to make your choices here or there. Now, if they don't extend Baker, then I almost think it's like a no-brainer that you sign Nick Chubb to a four- or five-year deal, and then he can be the stable part of your offense for whatever quarterback you draft next because you're not going to be paying him that giant money, you're going to be paying him whatever a rookie quarterback makes for the first four or five years. Yeah, yeah, so I hear you. 
that's why it, you're right. It does kind of depend on Baker, but also if if you sign Nick Chubb, you have much less flexibility in what you're able to do with your wide receivers, with your other playmakers on offense or defense. And so, man, it's going to be a hard choice. I, what, what, let's assume that we pay Baker somewhere in between 25 to 30. What do you think they should do next year going forward? Because we have Nick Chubb for two more years, right? Uh, yes, yes. Well, no, because, because he's, 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 he's a second he was round a second pick. round pick. So we don't have yeah. the uh, the bonus year we that we normally get. Right, we don't have the fifth year option. No, so which would be nice if we did, because we would pick that up quicker than anything and then figure it out from there. Right. So I'll ask you to play GM. All right. We signed Baker to that big deal, semi-big deal. He he becomes the fifth, sixth, seventh highest paid quarterback in the league. What do you do with Chubb and Hunt? All right. So since you threw this on me, okay, we're talking about next year, correct? Yep, because uh, you're going to have to make your choice probably after this year. Well, maybe not on Baker. You might be able to wait a couple years on Baker. But you're going to have to make your choice on Nick Chubb after this year. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Kareem Hunt. All right, here's what I'm going to do. All right, and people are going to get upset about this take, and I don't care because this is who I am. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with it. It all depends on what Odell does this year. Okay. If Odell is, gets back to Odell form, mm -hmm. then I would go with Kareem Hunt. Okay. Okay. If Odell does not get back to Odell form, I would trade Odell. Yeah. Get whatever you can for that huge contract. Okay. Right. Make Jarvis your number one. You have some younger guys that are coming up with your boy, People Jones Jr. Hopefully. Hopefully. You got Ratley that they like a lot. You got yep. Higgins. Higgins. So you have some other wide receivers there. So that way you're not putting in huge money into your wide receiver room that you are right now. And mm -hmm. I would use that money to pay Nick Chubb. Okay. I mean, because so, it, it would be, it's one of those ones that it's a coin flip because guess what? You're going to pay Nick Chubb what Odell's getting paid right now. So you can have Odell okay. or you can have Nick Chubb. Your choice. So your answer is if Odell returns to Odell fashion. Then Chubb, I love you. God, I love you. Yeah. You're probably the best running back we've had in a while. Besides, yeah. you know, the one year of Peyton Hillis and, you know, one game of, <laughs> Jerome, one game of Jerome Harrison. Um, one game, yeah, for one game. I mean, Hall of Famer for one uh, game. I, hey, I hear you, but I, I, I would have to, <laughs> I would have to do that because you could get Hunt at a cheaper price. And then okay. you would still have your top two wide receivers. But if Odell doesn't ball yeah. out and he's just, eh, you know, it all depends on touchdown catches for Odell this year, I think, right? Like he had a thousand yards last year and he only had four touchdowns, really? though. Yeah, but I mean, just by the eye test, he didn't look like an elite wide receiver. No, no. And that's, and that's where I kind of base everything off of because uh, I, I honestly do think that if Odell has a down year, this year again, that uh, those are going to be some hard decisions that the Browns are going to have to make. Yeah, some people will come at you and be like, "Yeah, I know he had a down year, but he still had a thousand yards." Well, it, it, this, in this NFL, 
you can fart in the wind and have a thousand yards if you think he about it. Sixteen games, didn't he, or fifteen? He played all so. the yeah. And but but the thing is, is like you know, you and I joke around about you know he had a thousand yards. Well, one hundred twenty of those yards came in the Jets game. So take one game out of it. One play. Yeah. So take that one game out, and where does that leave him for the next fifteen games? You know, he just needs to play better, and I think he will. I think he will, and I hope he does because I think I gotta ask you because I started laughing at it a little bit. Did you hear the uh, the press conference with Austin Hooper? No, I didn't. Okay. So they had a press conference with Austin Hooper, and he said he's been down working with Baker for like two to three weeks, and. He took a couple oh, yeah. of shots at like Jason Witten. And we're not going to get into that. But the one thing that I started laughing at, and I can't remember what reporter asked him. He comes up and he asked him, um, he goes, what can you do to help Baker out in this offense? <laughs> and his response is priceless because I think the media is going to hate him after this response. But he goes, I got to get open, catch the ball, run good routes, get open, catch the ball. And that was his answer. And I just started yeah. giggling. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite comical but okay uh, so, so your answer is what we do with nick chubb depends on if you have to pay odell big money going forward well not big money going forward because we got him locked up for a couple more years i think it just right. depends on what because you're going well, to you're going to pay chubb, you're going to, yeah but you're going to, have to pay chubb before you have to pay odell i think yeah right i hear you and you're probably right that you know, thankfully the Browns don't have to make the decision today. Yes. Because I, it's I a more, more difficult now. I think it's an after this year. You know, I think I, I think yeah. it really is. I think it's an after this year decision that they have to make. They'll they'll plan for it and they'll make the right decision. We both think because up to this point Andrew Barry has made all the right decisions. So oh, yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. Hopefully it continues on, but um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think, you know, and it hurts my soul to admit this because I love Nick Chubb. I think if Nick Chubb stays with the Cleveland Browns and he stays healthy at least till he's 30 years old, I think he'll be in the the ring of iron, honor. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, he would have to be. Right. We talked, we talked in the past. What was it? Episode three, four, that he has one of the best average rushes per carry in the history of the league well it, and so it also helps that you can break a 90 yard touchdown run i mean right but he really he's been in the league for two years and he really has yet to have like a top half of the league offensive line you know our offensive line has been 20th at best in the nfl and yeah. so now we think we have a revamped offensive line as long as they can stay healthy and so we're expecting big things from Nick Chubb. I just don't think in today's NFL it makes sense to pay a running back that much money. Unless he is, you know, the face of your franchise. I mean, unless he is Christian McCaffrey, who does right. everything. Right. You know, right. It, it, but he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't catch the ball very well. Um, and I <laughs> – you don't understand how much it hurts me to pick apart Nick Chubb's game because I love him so much. And I oh, think we both that do, but I mean, it's a debate that's got to happen because it's going to happen at some point in time. It comes down to dollars and cents. I think you can get Kareem hunt for 50% of what you would have to pay Nick Chubb. And he gives you 80 to 90% value. Yeah. 
I, I hear you. And so, plus, he might even take a hometown deal because he's a Cleveland guy. Yeah, true. He might want to stay in Cleveland. True. True. So, Very true. And so what I think maybe would make the most sense, at least at this point, would be to you lock up Kareem Hunt for five, six years. I think he's only 25 years old, something like that. He's yeah. not super old. So you could get him through 30, and then you kind of treat Nick Chubb almost like the Saints treated Mark Ingram a couple years ago. You just run him into the ground for the next two, three years. If you want him to franchise tag him, if you have the money in a couple years, you can franchise tag him to keep him there an extra year. You just kind of run him into the ground. That way you get the best years Nick Chubb has to offer, and you kind of preserve Kareem Hunt at the same time. To where you're only giving him 100, 100 to 150 touches a year. And so by the time Nick Chubb has to go, then you have, you know, a refreshed Kareem Hunt. And so I don't know. It, it hurts me to say it, like I've said, but I think business wise, that might be what makes the most sense. Well, so I'm going to let everybody know that we are going to, you know, because this is going to air on a Sunday or Monday. I'm going to put mm-hmm. out a Twitter poll on Illegal Ham to the Face Twitter account. All right. And I'd like everybody to vote. And we're going to see what the uh, results are from that vote, whether you'd rather have Chunt or the, the Chubb or Hunt. Ch- chunt. What am I doing? Um, I, thought, I thought the cat came in. Chunk. No. No, it was me. It was a blurb. Um, gotcha. But uh, see what see what our fans think. I yeah. I think that's what we need to go. And we'll I, I'll write I it think down. it'll be overwhelmingly Nick Chubb, just because okay. everyone loves Nick Chubb. Right. And looking at not looking at the money. Yeah. Of course, I would want Nick Chubb. But you got your notes yeah. with you. What's that? You got your notes with you. Uh, I have a few notes. Yeah. Why would you write that down your notes for next week? And okay. I'll, I'll keep up with everything on the, uh, the Twitter account. Okay. So, so come and vote on the, uh, legal ham to the face Twitter account. It's at ham illegal. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll have a Twitter poll up for that entire week or at least five days. We'll get it to like Friday or whatever. And we'll, right. we'll see where you guys are at with this. Um, right now we got to move on because. We have got to get into our Cleveland Indians because the Bats woke up last night, Bri. <laughs> they scored 13 runs on the Reds, and it looked like the way the Indians should. And I, we're just going to do a quick blurb about the Indians because their starting pitching is unconscious. Actually, their whole pitching is unconscious right now. Right. I, Leave it to the Indians to score 13 runs when all we needed was one run that game. I But see, it, I know, I know, but it was so good I'm to see. I'm frustrated. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But it's so, it's, it's so, it's a breath of fresh air to see though, because that gives them confidence at the plate now. I and hope did you, so. Hold on. And did right. you see Santana's line? No. O for O with five walks. Oh, five walks. <laughs> yeah, five walks. That's as good as a single. I, I know. I, I'll hey, take it. I, I don't pay you to get thrown out. I pay you to get on base. Right. <laughs> Little money ball <laughs> reference. <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean they're I mean, what else can you say about their starting pitching? I mean Bieber still looked good. Clev right. came out pitched great. You got 
their starting pitching is just unconscious right now. And it's funny because the whole league is like two innings behind the Indians. Like yeah. Bieber went eight innings. He probably could have pitched the ninth if he wanted to. Like mm-hmm. they're they're stretched yeah. out and they are pumped up and they are ready to go. And it's it reminds me of the uh the two thousand sixteen race that they had because that was the one where all the pitchers tried to show each other up every time they went out. So it's like, oh, Kluber mm-hmm. threw 10 strikeouts. Well, I'm going to throw 12 strikeouts and get a shutout. Well, I'm going to try it for 13 strikeouts. And it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I am loving this team right now because I have a feeling, Bry, once the bats, gets, bats get hot, this team is going to be mm-hmm. fun to watch. So before I torch the hitters and the lack of production, um, Bieber, I think he needed like 11 strikeouts when he pitched to pass Nolan Ryan for the three-game total. Do you know if he did that? He did not do it. I think he ended up with like eight strikeouts. He finished like two short. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that would have been cool. But, right? I mean, oh, I know. I mean, he's right now, right now, Biebs is on a historic run right now. And right. It is crazy how good he is at 24 mm-hmm. years old. Sit uh, back and enjoy. Uh, it's just, uh, hey, we got him locked up for a little bit, so you know how we do. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, so, you know, like like we've talked about, you're a little bit more of a diehard Indians fan than I am, but I, I always tune in for the big series. And so course last weekend against the twins i tuned in i was happy with what happened on thursday and disgusted with the rest of the weekend oh, yeah you so, and everybody else right right i yeah. don't want to cool. bring that up and you know i said when the season started it's only 60 games so i'll never complain about a win but all we had in the twin series that was worth a damn was frankie lindor i mean what i think he had did he have all of our RBIs for the whole series? Uh, it's close he had to a it. Run homer on Thursday. Yeah, it was close uh, to we it. Didn't score two games, and then he had like a double on the other game where we scored one run. Well, I know, so, I know that we had one of the games that we won against the Reds. I don't even think right, they got I'm a talking, hit. I'm they talking about, I'm talking about the Twins. I don't care about the Reds. I don't care what they do when they beat up on these no, no, no. Uh, I'm not talking teams. about beating up I'm talking about the one game they won where it was like two to nothing and they had yeah. to like steal home to get it like they had two runs where it was like gifted to them R- well against the Reds yes saying. yes no I'm talking twin uh, series uh, only I, you can talk because... twin series only we're past that now we're getting ready well, to go into I'm Chicago sure. this week you're not going to be playing these terrible teams you're not going to be playing the Tigers hey and the Reds, right. the I hear, Royals, in the playoffs. But I hear you. But you gotta understand, Twins are still off to a hot, hot start again, and they've only lost like what two games so far. That's it. Hey, that is, all you gotta do is finish first or second in your division and make the playoffs. Well, because they haven't hit work, they're now what almost tied with the White Sox. Like the White Sox are seven and six, and we're seven and five, or something like that. Yeah, but we get to play them this Where week. Now, I know. So hopefully, obviously, the we don't. Pitching will we be. don't. Hey, hopefully we don't have a lot of time, run. but we got some time to gel. I understand, right? I but... mean, you're just. I understand where you're coming from because we did look like hot garbage in Minnesota, and I'm I just going to chalk that up. 
because that was the first road trip this year. Okay, so I'm just going to chalk that up to that. If you want to make excuses for him, you can. Oh, I'm going to make excuses for him. That's fine, Brian. That's what I do. If I I sit down and watch two straight games and we can't get one run, I'm going to be a little hot under the collar. Well, you're always hot under the collar. (laughs) Hey, speaking of hot under the collar, I'm sorry about the burps and stuff that you're hearing from me in the background. I had Arby's for lunch today, and now I got whiskey on top of that. So it's it's a little... Some stuff's mixing around in there, but I'm still working on my uh, Cleveland Underground whiskey right now that I had what a couple episodes ago. Which yeah, you know your Red Stag's still here at the house. I might have to get into that here a little bit later. Hey, go for it. Just watch out. Hey, I hear you. You didn't drink out of the bottle, so we're good. No, that's true. Uh, So what are you drinking right now, big fella? I just have a couple silver bullets. Oh, you're going Coors Light today, huh? Right. Yeah. All right. Hey, I'm not going to judge you on that. No, it's good stuff. All right. So that was our little quick Indians blurb. We uh, we will have Joe Bear on, I promise you, here soon to talk tribe, with, at least with me, right. and then we might bring Brian on in the afternoon for the uh, the Browns. But we well, might have I mean, us all together. I need him to talk me off the ledge because I just – I've well, seen it before. I've, I've seen when, when we play the good teams – we can't hit worth a crap. So, I, do you remember last time we were in the playoffs against the Astros, where it was a struggle for us to get one run? And I understand it was Verlander, it was Garrett Cole, and it was I don't know someone else, but it was hard to watch. I don't like watching baseball like that, where the yeah, other they team cheated. Gets two runs and you need to shut it off because you know it's over. Brian, they cheated. It doesn't. It that they cheated. <laughs> well, that's true. Have you, have you seen all those players get beamed right now? What's that? Have you seen all those players get beamed right now? I'm loving every minute of that. No, I've seen a couple balls behind them from the Dodgers guy. Oh, the Dodgers guy was hilarious. That was absolutely amazing. And I I understand that you got to come in and you got to do a suspension and all that stuff. But the video from that, he couldn't find a strike zone anyways. And they're sitting there saying, well, you threw at him. Well, he couldn't even find a strike zone. What do you want him to do? That's what he wants you to think. Uh, well, hey, I <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, Bry, allegedly. Hey, don't give me eight games. I'm just a crappy pitcher. <laughs> oh, there's something wrong with you. All right, <laughs> so we'll we'll try to have Joe Bear on. So next week we're going to be talking fantasy football coming up. Correct? Fantasy football, yeah. So I might try to get Joe Bear next week at the beginning. And see if sure. we, we can't have him on for us. Okay? Yep. Um, so, also, the other thing that's happened this week is the college Big Ten schedule has come out, Bri. And yeah. you know how you and I are about Big Ten football. <laughs> you root for that team up north while the fat yeah. guy roots for the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. All right. You've been having a, a much more pleasant 15 years than I have had. Well, that, with the exception of the fickle year. <laughs> but you. my 90s were great oh your Even 90s was in elementary school i still enjoyed those well i mean you could have turned at any point in time and come over to the good side brian yeah, but you just had true. to you had to stay there you you keep bringing up your 900 national championships that you won in 1902 when they didn't wear helmets or pads and they didn't throw the ball and there's goats in the field and all this other stuff and that's know. completely fine i understand brian Something about it. I enjoy being the black sheep of the family. Gosh, 
I'm surprised your family doesn't beat you with soap bars. <laughs> I'm not too obnoxious with it. I know they're No, bad. you're obnoxious with me with it. But oh, that's yeah, okay. Well, I, well, we're back I and forth on it. So that's that's the good thing about this show is you and I could go back and forth on it and we're still okay about it because we know where we're coming from. Right. I have to I have to find little digs when I can because when it comes to game day at the end of November, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Well, not this year. This yeah. year we are playing in October, bud. Right before oh, Halloween. Yeah. Right. High State Michigan in October. How will that affect the rivalry, I wonder? I you know, we were we were talking at work. We were thinking that they might put it at the front of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Just to get it in because we don't know obviously nobody knows what the heck's gonna happen. You know. Right. But I kinda like it being in October. I no, I know it's not the last game. But just, mm-hmm. you know, it's finally starting to get, you know, fallish up here for us, October. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're starting to get that nice, cool, crisp air. You know, granted, they're going to play at noon probably because, you know, you can't have Because anything. when they're 3.30, kids get way too hammered. Well, and, the, uh, hey, you never know. Not this year. There's no fans in the stands. Who gives a crap? Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so they, can mean, play, kids, they can play yeah, whatever the heck they want to. Well, yeah, true. Well, depending on if they are on campus. They will be. Yeah, okay. NCAA wants their money. Well, the football, yes. The actual <laughs> academics, don't know. Right. But, you know, it's it, – I can't wait, man. We got a schedule out. It's going to happen. It, it's college football, and it's – that's one of our passions together also is college football because it's just something – like for me – I love watching college football. I'll even watch MAC competition. I'll watch Division Two football in college. I'll watch Division Three football in college. I don't the know. Stagnant. I don't know what it is about college football. And you know, some people will think of it as a uh, minor league football, which technically mm-hmm. it is. Amateur but, uh, football. Amateur college. football, yes, which technically <laughs> it is. But when I'm trying uh, to take a dig at him. Yeah, but I. I totally agree with him. I understand where he's coming from, but it's just something about it that I like. And I have one of my sons is up here now. <laughs> hey, you want to say hi to Big Bri? Say hi to Big Bri. Hi, Big Bri. <laughs> All right, get him downstairs. <laughs> Big boy came up and said like, hi to you. I like the fact that the games are starting in early September. Labor Day I'm weekend. Thinking- is it the SEC that pushed them back to end of September? Well, the, they pushed them back to the end of September because they, through their medical staff and things of that nature, believe there's going to be, around Labor Day, another huge spike in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's why they pushed it to later on. Which yeah. I, I, I completely understand. But, you know, Buckeyes are going off against uh, Illinois. Lovey, right out of the gate. Yeah. Who's we Michigan playing the first week? Uh, Purdue, I believe. It oh. should be a good game, although they just announced, I think today, that their stud receiver, you'll remember him from a couple years back, Rondale Moore, opted out this year. Michigan's player? No, uh, Purdue's, he's like, what, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, receiver? Oh, that, that little turd that lit up Ohio State when they were going for it? Oh, yep. that little turd. As a true freshman, yeah. So he's projected to be like a top top 40, top 50 pick, and he opted out today. So that makes, what, by my accounts, three 
first rounders in the Big Ten that have opted out. You have yeah, him, you have the receiver from yeah. uh, Minnesota, and you have the probably the best linebacker in the draft, Micah Parsons from Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. I, so hopefully that makes Michigan's road a little bit easier in in round in week one. But I I don't think there's too many challenging games for either team before they meet. I think Michigan might play Penn State, but it's at home. So that'll obviously be a tough one, but hopefully they go into that game late October, both undefeated. Well, let's pray for that because it always makes for a good rivalry and a good matchup and good some good talk between me and you. Are we going to get into the uh, trash talk from the two head coaches? Oh, which was hilarious. <laughs> hey, you uh, okay? We got to get into this because I I have to. Okay, sure. so there was a conference call, and nobody will touch this story now, and we're going to bring it up, because I think it was Bucknuts that kind of broke it out and told what happened. So the Big Ten had a conference call with all the head coaches, okay? And during the conference call, Ryan Day was talking, and then Jim Harbaugh interrupts him, talking, and he, called, and he called a player out personally, saying that Ohio State was cheating. And that they were practicing already and all this other stuff. Ryan Day told him to worry about your team. I'll worry about my team. Well, it was reported that after that conference call, Ryan Day went into, allegedly, we don't have any audio or anything else of it, went into the players only meeting that he had afterwards and told the players that the Big Ten better have a mercy rule because we're going to hang a hundred on Michigan this year. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts about that, big fella? Well, I heard that said player went and sold his gold pants afterwards, too, so I think he had a couple infractions. Um, probably <laughs> hanging out with the Houston Astros, too. I don't know. I mean, oh, they're all cute. Right, don't get me started about the Fab Five. All right, <laughs> don't don't do it. Like, it, it. Uh, hey, but, we but we, we know what and, goes on behind the scenes, and you know something. The way I see it is those gold pants that they win, and I'll even go on record and say it. That's their property. Okay, I don't care what the NCAA says. If they want it, and it's part of their stuff. So what, they're going to come to me if I sell a couch for $200? All right. I I didn't mean to get you off on that tangent. Well, no, uh, but I'm being serious. I mean, they're college kids. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. I I mean, I as with most things, I see both sides because it right. was a gift from the college. I remember being a college kid and giving blood just so I could get a 30 rack of beer so I could party that weekend. <laughs> Is that right? I remember picking through the couch trying to find toll money to get home. Right. That's for sure. Hey, you got to do what you got to do as a college kid. All right? It, right. It's I understand that those players are taken a little bit better care of than normal college kids. But still, we're not. We're Going right. back to this week and what, what Harbaugh said, I mean, we both we joke around. We have fun. <laughs> we try to give you an um. Harbaugh did it it just it wasn't the right place it wasn't the right time in the middle of a phone call to say what he said if he truly had a problem with it he should have taken it up with 
whoever. I mean, the compliance committee or, or whoever that he needs to talk to about that stuff. If he really had issues with it, he doesn't have to interrupt Ryan Day and make something about it. And the fact that he, at least the last two years, he hasn't even competed with Ohio State. Huh. That's the thing that, that gets me so frustrated at least when Brady Hoke was Michigan's coach. The polar bear. Oh, God, I love the polar bear. You remember, you remember when they scored a touchdown to draw within one point. And he went for and, two. The balls of that guy. Two. Love that guy. I just, <laughs> I, hey, I remember, them, I remember them panning over to him in 20 degree weather, and he's wearing a polo shirt and sunglasses, <laughs> and he's got the two fingers up in the air. I'm like, the ball's on you, buddy. <laughs> Um, and he's got he's got his uh his white undershirt that's about three inches coming out of his sleeves and sitting <laughs> and all. And so, I mean, Harbaugh at this point is looking up to that. He I, he he's I don't know. Everyone says everyone keeps saying, "Oh, Michigan can't do much better than Jim Harbaugh." I don't know if I really agree with that because what was Ryan Day before he was Ohio State's head coach? Did anyone say, oh, this Ryan Day, he's the next big thing in college football? No. You get him in there and you see how he does, see how he adjusts, see how he recruits. And so, you know, I think for me personally, this is the last year if Harbaugh doesn't even compete with Ohio State. Sorry, dude. We're moving on. So, hold on. So that's where you draw the line is competing with Ohio. I mean, he's got you, you know, Brady Hoke, he, Brady Hoke and Rich Rod and all those guys. He's giving you at least 10 wins a year. And not good enough. And that's not good enough? You, we, we, kept, you can't we, we kept Cooper for like 14 years and he couldn't beat Michigan. Well, do you admit that that was a mistake? At the time. Right. Technically, so. yes, but still we turned out the probably Eddie George, Orlando Pace. I mean, I can't go through, like, but. He kind of so put he put on he got a different recruiting style in there. Michigan is just supposed to concede a win to their biggest rival every single year. Right, it hasn't been a rivalry in fifteen years. Exactly, exactly. So, but for Ohio State, it is because they brainwash these kids as soon as they come in that the only game that matters is the Michigan game. You got that right. And guess what? And you know the thing that Harbaugh doesn't do. Doesn't do the same about the Ohio State game. They were talking this week about, um, is there a chance Justin Fields will sit out this year? And I said, there's a zero chance Justin Fields sits out this year because he's fully bought in. He's been brainwashed. He's drinking the Buckeye Kool-Aid. Hey. I think there's even a chance he comes back after this year. Bry? To, if he doesn't win a national championship, he might come back after this year. Bry, I am not going to lie to you. That all started with Trestle. It really did. Yeah. When Trestle yeah. came in and said, we have this many days until we play Michigan, that started the whole trade. And then you had Urban, who was here, who knew about the rivalry when he worked here before he became the head coach, that also knew that rivalry, who lived here in Ohio. That rivalry, it seems, for Ohio State is more than it is for Michigan. And until Michigan steps up that rivalry, and wants to bring in their stuff, that's how it's going to be, big fella. Well, at this point, Michigan can't compete with Ohio State in recruiting. Why? They got so, top recruits. Two years ago, they had the top three recruiting class. That was two years. No, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe depend on who you who you go through. But well, right now, 
there's to me there's a clear cut top three programs in college football. Number one, Alabama number two, Clemson, and number three, Ohio State. And then there's a step down to like a second tier with Georgia and Oklahoma. And I think, personally, Michigan's on the third tier. Well, and you also, hey, you got to bring in Wisconsin. last year's national champs because they stepped up with everything. Oh, yeah, so they're yeah. starting to creep into that, or that first tier really quickly. I think if they compete this year, maybe they will be in that first tier. But um, they're not quite there yet just because – Partially because they play Alabama every year, and Alabama wins more times than they lose. So how are you going to be up there right next to them when you can't beat them year in and year out or even split 50-50 with them? I, I so, hear you. I hear you. Well, Auburn <laughs> does every year. So if Auburn could do it. Right. And so the reason I would put <laughs> sorry about the call. maybe down on the third tier is because Penn State, Wisconsin, maybe even Michigan State in the past, they at least have competed with the Buckeyes over the last three, four years, where Michigan well, is not. Well, How many uh, we had we had the we had the one game with JT Barrett where you know you guys allegedly said he true. didn't make a fourth that's down true. play, which when he did. When they were two and three, that was a great. What was that? Three years ago? Yeah, or four. Yeah. Well, JT three Barrett's years forty-five years old, so I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> It just, so, every, hey, he's like the aircraft of Ohio State football. Like, oh, I just, yeah. like, he's always there. Like, it's like, and he wasn't anything spectacular, but he knew how to do it. Like, I just, <laughs> Tim yeah. J.T. Barrett. Like, I, I mean, he wasn't as electric as Braxton Miller. He wasn't as accurate as some of the other, you know, Haskins and all that. Like, it, he was just a different cat. Like, he knew that he needed to get two yards. And he was going to get those two yards no matter what happened. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, you know, obviously you and I can talk about this for hours and hours and hours. So maybe we should table this for leave some for the rest of the year. All right. Well, we, since we're running short on time. Oh, you're actually paying attention. Oh, yeah, you can pay attention to the time because you're on the phone now. I've got the time in my face. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to table the hamburger and the ketchup for next week is that okay yeah so next week we're going to talk about what ketchup belongs on because we have some weird taste in my family like my son puts ketchup on grilled chicken i don't i don't Don't get it my home and you know we also have a hamburger debate that was brought up to us by one of the guys we work with because he knows me personally and he knows that uh i put anything on a hamburger i don't care what it is i do peanut butter I do pineapple, grilled pineapple. I do guacamole. I don't care. Brian, on the other hand, has got a little bit more of a refined taste than I do. You're you're a monster. I, I trust me. I know I'm a monster, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but you know, we so we're going to do that next week, along with trying to get Joe Bear on. Okay, yep. and fantasy. So next week we'll have fantasy. We will have Joe Bear, and we will have the hamburger and ketchup saga. Mm-hmm. But right now we're going to get into our top three. And this was brought up via listener, Bri. Okay. Okay. And he picked out our, he wants to know our top three infuriating moments in sports. For our lifetime or for the last year? No, no, no. For our lifetime. But we're going to take out like the drive and the fumble and the shot. You know, all the normal ones that, you know, we could go on about Cleveland all the time. 
Okay. Right. They're, they're more of a, a Cleveland heartbreak as opposed to our heartbreak because exactly. we were so young. Yeah. So we, we, we don't really remember. We're going we're gonna to go from our lifetime, what our personal infuriating sports, sports moments are. Right. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. You go first. Um, because it's one that I actually, I think I brought up maybe two weeks ago. And it was kind of the first taste, the first feeling of heartache in sports that I had as a Cleveland sports fan. I was too young to remember the Browns heartaches of the 80s and really even the early 90s, not so much. But the first one where I can remember being angry about was David Justice, 1995 World Series, hitting that home run and going up one nothing, and that being the final score. So that's my number three. I'm still sick of it today. Okay. Even more so than the other World Series blunders, even more so than 97 extra innings, which was a heartbreak. 2016, I still was kind of riding high from the Cavs championship, so it wasn't as heartbreaking. But, yeah, that's that's my most heartbreaking moment for the Indians. Okay, I, I like it. So mine goes back to my number three. Goes back to a year, I believe, it's two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and we all know that I am the biggest Buckeye fan ever, and I love all Buckeye sports. But that okay. year was the most infuriating year for me ever, because mm-hmm. I think that was the year that we had Troy Smith win the Heisman. Right. Okay. We beat the number two team, Michigan. I think I think you're thinking of 2006 and 07 was the championship game. Okay. So, okay. I'm off a year. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about the game. Okay. And I can only right. say the game because I don't think there will ever be another one like it. Hopefully. Hopefully. But the follow-up of that with Ohio State going to the national championship and getting boat raced. <laughs> Hold on. People. Then Ohio State going to the basketball national championship and getting boat raced <laughs> by Florida. Was that the championship? I, I honestly don't remember. Against Florida? Yeah, both of them were against Florida. Greg Oden and Mike Conley. In the, 2007. The only reason why I know it was against Florida because that following year, I went golfing with my father down at Ocala, and mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of stuff said by a drunken fat guy playing golf down there. So it wasn't you? Oh, it was me. I, I'll admit it was oh, me. <laughs> oh, I'll admit it was me. So that was oh. that's my number three. That that whole losing that national championship and then losing the basketball national championship yep. was just like. Dagger to heart. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're going to go to my number two. Go number two. Okay, so my number two, and which is two of them. Okay, we have the Bottle Gate, mm-hmm. and we have Dwayne Rudd. <laughs> Those are my two most infuriating moments. Okay, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns in our lifetime. Okay, yeah, the team Uh was taken away from us and all this other stuff. But to watch those two things, to watch Browns get hosed on a call, and then to have 
somebody take off their helmet in celebration a little bit too early. And the yeah. stupidest thing that they could do at that time with a penalty with me pulling out a marker out of my sock and signing a football, and that's okay. But to take <laughs> off your helmet and celebrate was too much. Yep. So that is my number two. The clock read zero, 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 and we were ahead. And yet somehow we lost that game. <laughs> I hear you, bud. I hear you. It's crazy to me. Uh, my one and two are kind of related. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't have any Browns like heartbreaking moments just because I don't really recall the Browns having too many heartbreaking, too many games of significance in the last 20 years, which is kind of what I consider to be the time when I became a professional fan. Okay. You know, All right. I when understand you're, that. When you're growing up, you're going through school, you're going through high school, you have your own sports going on. You have whatever sport you're playing, you can always fall back on that and you can affect those outcomes. After that, after you your sports career finishes, you become a professional fan. And that's kind of what I consider myself now as a professional fan. And so my top two both cut really deep because it's more than just one game. It's more than just one moment. It was my number two is when Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors because that was kind of the beginning of the end for the Cavs dynasty. And, you know, if he doesn't go there, maybe the Cavs win another championship. Maybe Kyrie doesn't opt out of his contract. But after that, we just couldn't compete with them. Okay. So that was the end of our dynasty, our quote-unquote, if you want to call it a dynasty, that was the end of our window, in my opinion, of all the great Cavs moments leading up to that. 2016 championship, we were only able to celebrate for like a month. And then he decided to go there, and it's like, all right, it's just unfair now. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but So okay. that's my number two. It had nothing to do with Cleveland, really, but it kind of did. Okay, before you get to your number one, I, I, you brought it up, so I got to say something about it, is that whole move, if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love weren't out at the 2015 championship, right. mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Golden State Warriors dynasty. That, that, that entered my mind. That was actually in my top three at first, and then but, I just... I'm just going to leave. We're going to table that until something, you know, when we have our reminisce days. Right. But the fact that Durant went there, it pushed them over the top. I mean, they won the first one in 15. We won the second one in 16. Let's run it back in 17. And like Richard Jefferson said, they kind of went and got their big brother and were like, nope, we're going to make it unfair now. And so I understand that's the way sports goes, but it was just a gut punch a, a month after. We were barely done celebrating our championship when we get that gut punch well i hear you what's your number one my number one was pretty easy it took me a little bit of time to get to it but the most heartbreaking moment in my sports fandom is when lebron left the first time because that was the end that was the closing of our window for the first lebron era you know we knew the Cavs would be nothing after that The Browns were nothing for 10 years leading up to that. The Indians kind of were up and down. So the Cavs were what we had. And so I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but that was, I mean, we're still dealing with it today almost. And it's been 10 years later. And 
they just came out with some special on ESPN a couple months ago about that. So that one goes down in infamy because it was, it just has such a huge impact. It wasn't just one game. It wasn't just the end of one season. It was the end of the Cavs window for seemingly several years until he came back. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, that's, that's actually a really good pick for number one, buddy. It really is. Right. Right. So my number one, is going to be totally different than that. And I like okay. I, with, I had with the second one, it's, it's two tone. Uh, my number one, uh, one B is the 1997 Indians. Yeah. That team should have won the world series. Mm-hmm. It should have won us a world series. There's no, Terrible. if it, that, if you look at that lineup and you look at that pitching staff and that we had Manny Ramirez batting like seventh or eighth in that lineup. Think about that. Manny freaking Ramirez. You're talking 97? I think it was 97. I know in 95 he was batting like six or seven, but. I well, think he might have been behind. A little bit, but he was still on the team. I, yeah. No, 90, like... 97 was the Indians' best team. You th- you think they were better than ninety five? I think they were better than ninety five. I think ninety seven was a year that the Indians should have won the World Series. They might have been more complete than ninety five, but their lineup, I, their ninety five lineup, was something that legends are wrote about. Well, and... I hear you, but that ninety seven team was just something special. Well, and they came within one out, two yeah. outs, of one. Uh, so sorry, but that's finish. all right. That's all right because it rolls into my number one. And my number one was 2016 mm-hmm. with the 2016 Cleveland Indians that were on a high from the NBA championship. And that team yeah. just went through the playoffs. They get to the World Series and they're up three to one on the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. You had Joe Buck holding Kyle Schwarber's, you know what? <laughs> every episode every game if yeah, they would have won I mean, that 2016 World Series Cleveland might have burned to the ground the only reason it wasn't <laughs> mine was just because I was on cloud nine hey, from I, I hear you but I'm sitting there watching that 2016 World Series I'm watching LeBron okay. James there I'm watching all the Cavs there showing their support. I'm watching the Browns players show their support. I'm watching this whole city rallied around the Cavaliers and then just jumped right into the Indians. And it was probably, I don't think I will ever have, depending on the Browns championship, I don't think I'll have another summer and fall like I had in 2016. Oh, 2016 was one of the best years as a sports fan that a Cleveland guy could ever ask for. Minus 0-16. It was kind of funny because two teams are on top of the mountain and the other team <laughs> is, is seemingly so, digging down deeper and deeper at the base of the mountain to, yeah. to reach new lows. But uh, it is what it is. We did get a parade out of it, though. Hey, we did. $1.3 billion. <laughs> no, I'm saying the 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 Browns got their own 16 parade by all those losers. What do you mean losers? You weren't part of that parade? <laughs> of course not. 
We're not going to celebrate a team being the worst ever. Well, okay. On that note, we are going to close our show because yeah, somebody else is the worst ever. What happened? Well, just getting into the Browns trivia that I gave you earlier. Oh, okay. Let's, let's see here. So a coach that has an above 500 record. The the only coach that has an above 500 record now, since Martin Schottenheimer. Okay. No, I got to ask. Yep. Is it a full head coach or an interim head coach? No comment. So it would be Greg Williams. <laughs> See, I told you you could get it. You are correct. Five I was, and three. It was either Greg Williams or Romeo. Those are the only two that were coming to mind. <laughs> but I'm trying to think here. If you, if you give me a second, I can pull up exactly how much um, Romeo was. Three seventy five. Oh, Greg Williams him. ended up being six twenty five. Freddie Kitchens actually was three. What did I say? Yeah, Romeo's three seventy five. Freddie Kitchens was three seventy five. Hey. And Romeo, and Romeo at least got three years here. How about that? All right. Yeah, Belichick would have been the obvious choice, but he was only 450. Yeah, I know, but he had some pretty good teams, though. And plus yeah. that one year, the team kind of just said, eh. Right, 94, they uh, Yeah, they, they kind of just cashed in. They were 3-1 and one until they decided that they were moving to Baltimore. Well, Brian, it is what it is. And we are at the end of our show. All right. We want to thank you all for listening to us. We greatly appreciate the support and especially the feedback. You know, with us having some listeners feedback to us now, it means a lot to us. It gives us something else to talk about that we normally wouldn't talk about. So on that note, we want to thank, which I forgot last week, we want to thank our military. Mm -hmm. Patty Pat. Your brother loves you. I have a brother that is in the army right now. That's why we support our military. Okay. No doubt. Want to thank our first responders. <laughs> Definitely want to thank our first responders for mm -hmm. everything that they're going through. We both have friends in that industry and we cannot thank you enough for everything that you do every day to keep everybody safe. Okay. And last but not least, we got to get a God bless you, Brian. Yeah. Hey, God bless you. God bless America. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. All right, Brian. We are legal hand in the face. We are uncorked and unloaded. And we are out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.